you know, there's, you know, I don't know if this is going to go on uh, after you edit it and all that, but one thing I do admire about your brother, every time he got an award during an assembly, I'm telling you, he was like the happiest kid skipping down them stairs. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to Four Micronesians by Micronesians, and May is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, and so I plan to highlight dynamic Micronesians that everyone should meet. So today I have a guest who is a Micronesian husband, son, barber, and lover of dogs. Tell us your name and how you'd like to describe yourself. My name is Ryan Manuel. Uh, I'm known as uh, Ryan the Barber, you know. I'm looked up as a big brother, a mentor, uh, just a leader in general you know that's like the best way I could explain myself yeah and what type of Micronesian are you so uh I have two bloodlines that run through my blood it's Pinglapis and Mokilis okay I did not know that about you I didn't know you were Mokilis too yeah whenever June did his interview I was like dude we're we're Mokilis too (laughs) Well, you probably heard, well, you heard Drew's interview, so we are too. So that's, I did not know that about you. No, that's, uh, yeah, you see, um, my mom's real mom, I don't know if you ever met her, but she's half Finlapis and half Mokali. Okay. And my mom's really good at speaking Mokali. That's how your dad and my mom are really close, because they ran track together. Yeah. And they, and they uh, you know, they speak Mokali with each other. Wow. You know, it's like, uh. It's like certain kids, especially from their vil- village, because I feel like there's like four very used languages in Wallok. So like I feel like there's Mukalis, I feel like there's Nechikis, there's Pinglapis, and there's Punapayan. Like depending on like whose house you're at, you could speak any of them. And they're all in just like one street. No, you're right. No, you're <laughs> right. You're definitely right. But yes. So uh, I ask everyone this, but if you were stranded on a deserted island and only could take one person to keep you company, who would you who would you pick? Man, you already know who I picked, but it already feels like I'm stranded on an island right now with this quarantine. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I mean, it would definitely be my wife. So uh, she, you need a soulmate if you're trapped on an island, you know. What would your dream career be? My dream career, uh, mm-hmm. definitely right now, I mean, being a barber, you know, yeah. it's, it's, there, there's a lot that plays into what I'm doing right now. Because uh, deep down, I feel like I have a, I believe I have an entrepreneurial spirit. And uh, I feel like being a barber is just one of those foundations that's going to help build up everything else I'm trying to bring into the world. So I love your before and after, like, when you do the haircuts, when you take like, mm. the picture or the video of someone before and then like when you're done. But um, I've never even asked you, how did you get into like, what made you want to become a barber? Like, how did that even happen? Oh, I love I love telling this story. This is like oh, one of the, everybody asks me this, like all my clients, all my, you know, like friends that haven't seen me in a while or something like that. But anyway. Yeah, because I don't think I've ever heard the story. So I'm kind of excited to hear it. All right. Yeah, I like telling this story. But I was 17. So, yeah, it started. Yeah, I'm 26 right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a junior in high school. And um, one of my friends, she play, uh, She asked me to, like, escort her for homecoming. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, you know. But I needed a haircut. So, you know, Neosho don't have any, like, really. They don't have the type of barbers that 
do my type of work there. You know, I didn't, or at the time I didn't know anybody there. So I decided to go to Walmart. So I was like, all right, I went to Walmart. I didn't get the cut I wanted. It wasn't the best cut. So I went back home and uh, I'm a very determined person. You know, if there's something on my mind that I want to do, I'll do it. Right. So like, I, I knew my dad had some cheap Walmart clippers in the bathroom. So I locked myself in there for like two hours, just working on my hair, you know, just my first time. I didn't like learn nothing, you know, if there was one feature of myself that I love, it's my hair. And uh, I was just like, you know, kind of just eyeballing everything and kind of just like, all right, this is, this looks good, you know. And uh, went back to school the next day and some of my friends and my cousins were like, yo, who cut your hair? I was like, oh, it's me. And they're like, oh, nice. Do you, you think you can hook me up this weekend? And then, <laughs> I mean, it was just little, I was just doing lines at the time. I didn't really take it serious. Till, yeah. uh, uh, man, like, there's a long story to this. Like, for real. I don't know if, like, the podcast is up for it. But <laughs> but it no. was, there was, like, that's where kind of, like, where I first, like, had a pair of clippers in my hands. So, I did not know <clears> that story. Though. I like it. So, wait. So can you tell me a little bit more? Like what else, what what was what's the other part of the story? So I mean it it, it was kind of like a non and off thing. I, I kind of was just doing it as a hobby at the beginning. Cause I, I like to draw. And mm-hmm. that's why I trusted myself to cut my own hair. I kind of just trusted my hand. When I turned 19, mm-hmm. I went to like um what was it? I went to Grandview in in Missouri. It was a discipleship school it was a time where I just wanted to like pursue God and like kind of get in touch with my spiritual sense Mm -hmm. and I remember the the time I went there was a Samoan guy about the same age as me we were best we became best friends but every Sunday he would tell me to cut his hair before we go to church and Mm -hmm. um, so I did that you know I was just not knowing that I was gonna become a barber but I was just doing it for fun and I remember there was these two teachers that came and taught during one of our classes. Uh, it was it was prophecy week. That's what they called it. So like mm-hmm. these two uh, ministers, pastors, they they touch everybody and then they you know they prophesy over our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So I was the last one that they touched, and um, it was they when they touched me, they were like, "Ooh, you know, like God, God." favors you a lot like he has something really he has something big planned for you and then they said he's telling us that you're gonna heal with your hands wow no look okay so at the time I was going to college to be a physical therapist okay yeah so that's what I was going to school to be Uh, I was I wanted to work in sports and medicine because I you know Mm -hmm. I grew up with sports and that was like my love yeah and at the time I was like oh dang yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna heal hands through physical therapy you know yeah. I, and that's what I thought, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I got my whole God's right. You know, he knows me best. And uh, after I left the discipleship school, I started to cut every day. I cut all my cousins. You know, the, the good thing about it is everybody, like, trusts me, you know, everybody trusts yeah. me with certain things. So they're like, yeah, man, cut my hair. Even though it wasn't the best, they still kept coming back. And, they, you know, if they never came back, I would have never got as good as I as I am now. But you know, fast forward to that, I was 19 at the time. So that was like the first time I kind of heard, you know, God speak to me, tell me that this is for you, you know? 
Yeah. And then I moved out on my own around 22. I moved down here to Arkansas, Rogers, Arkansas, and I was mm-hmm. attending a community college here that had a physical therapy assistant program here that I really wanted to join. And uh, yeah, I was down here going to college, working on the side, and also cutting hair at my house, like all at the same time. And I was going to the program, trying to get all my prerequisites done before I get into the actual program. And I didn't get accepted into the program. And I, I you know, I, I, tr- I tried really hard for it. Yeah. There was a lot of things that was happening. Like I, I passed all the, I passed my, all my classes with like the top score and all that. It was, I would say it was my interview. I was very nervous. I'm not going to lie about that part. Yeah. I felt like that's what got me. I felt like, because, you know, nobody in my family ever got that far. Like, in yeah. my family, out of my mom, my dad, and my brother, I was the first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you get to a certain position or a certain peak in your life, it's like there's no, and no one else in your family has ever reached there. You, you can't really turn to them and ask for, like, a specific advice that would, like, answer that experience you're going through. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, because you're the first. You're kind of paving the way. Yeah, so, but I felt like it was all God, like, God set that up because I remember the day that I received the note that um, I wasn't accepted into the program. I remember for like 30 minutes, I was stuck in my thoughts, like yeah. kind of doubting it a little bit, doubting my life. Yeah. Like, you know, we all face that, you know, we all come to that mm-hmm. point in our life. And I was like sitting in my apartment. I was like, damn, I just moved down here all by myself, left my family. Mm-hmm. You know, um, th- thought this was what I was going to do. And then I get a text message from one of my cousins that lived down here. Mm-hmm. And, and he asked me what I was doing. Like, I'll never forget this day. He asked me what I was doing. And I said nothing. And then he's like, all right, can you think you can cut me up? And I was like, yeah, all right. You know, because I didn't want to be in my thoughts. Yeah. So he came over. I was cutting his hair. We were, you know, conversating, catching up with each other. And when he left, I realized something at the very end of the haircut. Or I... I was like, dang, I don't even, like, all the emotions that I felt and all the worry that I felt, it was gone. Oh, like, man. I, yeah, like. It, that was your calling. Yeah, that's, like, I felt, I felt like I was at peace with everything when I was cutting wow. hair. So, from that, I was 23. So, when I turned 23, 23 is when I, for, uh, is when I decided to go to barber school. And that's where that's I like, first committed my whole life to it. That's so powerful, man. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that story. That's a good story. What's something that's on your bucket list? On my bucket list. Dang, there's a lot on my bucket list. <laughs> All right. Well, right now, I just have five. Okay. Just five, you know. Um, I want to I be a CEO of my own business. That's one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, number two, I want to I wanna create multiple streams of income. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've been studying that a lot and how to do it. And it's, man, it's, it's very simple. It's just time consuming. Yeah. I heard like the average millionaire has seven different streams of income. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, own my own land. Like uh, in America or back home? I already have, I already have land back home. My dad okay. has land back there. So he just really here. You know? Okay, nice. Be the first here to kind of own my own land. Yeah. Um, Man, travel the world. 
Yes. Do you have, like, what is, like, the place that you would like to go to the most? The most? Yeah. Besides back home. Um, right. I've always dreamed of going to Italy. So oh I really want to go to Italy just to check it out. I, and I don't know. I just like the rustic look of everything. I just like, I like when uh, a city tells a story through history. Yeah. You know? That's just it's like me. It's a very historic place. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And number five, I want to leave a legacy. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So oh, I, I mean, there's there there's like, like two ways you could look at that because I was explaining to somebody the other day what leaving because you could leave a legacy and you can leave a legacy, you know. So to me, that means like not necessarily I want to leave being remembered, you know, but I want to leave like a a doorway for my people or for anyone, knowing that yeah. they can open that door too. So have you thought more about like what you want your legacy to be, or is it like? It's just kind of like something that you like you have it on paper right now because you know that that's something you want. Right now, it's I feel like it's just me. It's just how I live my life. You know, mm-hmm. that should be my legacy. Like, yeah, I think that's my legacy is how I how I live throughout this life, life and how I conquer every battle that I face. I, I just want to be able to be. I want to be proof, a proof of possibilities. But what I like about you, Ryan, is, like, you're a doer, which is, I don't know if that's a word or not, but, like, even, like, when I went to Hawaii, and then I saw the, like, you know, the kids, the Chukis kids, and they were doing that, I don't even know what you call it, but it was basically, like, they had the Micronesian Youth Summit, they had them come out, and they did, like, a stick dance, but then they also had, like, this really cool thing that they did, and my friend Josie said that she'll send it to me, but that's why I hit you up, and I was, like, Oh, I that video people, that you sent. Yeah, me. I was like, you should get, you should get some people together to do this because I feel like you're like you can ask other people to do it, but they're not actually gonna do it. But it's like you're somebody who like, if you want to do something, you're gonna do it. You're not just gonna say like, oh yeah, I should do that. You like actually do whatever you put your mind to doing. I like that <laughs> about you. Not everybody's like that. Thank you, thank you. Um, what's one thing you cannot live without? Besides my wife. Good answer. There's a specific one. It's this homemade style van- vanilla ice cream. You and June, you guys can sit together and eat vanilla ice cream because oh, he had a I love ice, cream ice cream thing. Um, what's the most memorable lesson that you've learned from your parents? Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> so I'll, t- I'll talk about my mom and then I'll talk about my dad because they both okay. taught me two different things. Right. My mom... She comes from a family where being tough is is a thing, you know? Being mm-hmm. dominant is, like, the way to get through certain situations. Mm-hmm. Really, I think that's where being determined comes from. I'm not necessarily trying to be dominant, but if I feel like I can do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So, really, my mom never – my mom was never, like, a speaker. She was more of a doer. Mm. Like, I just I, – I learned from her by example. So, um, yeah, she's done a, she's a very hard work, working woman, like very hard working woman. Like she, that's, that's where me and my little brother get like our determination from is just watching my mom, like bust her ass and everything. So, um, obviously I grew up playing softball with like all your aunties, but, uh, 
and way back in the day, now your mom kind of coaches, but she used to be like the powerhouse. Like she used to be the home run hitter on the team. <laughs> but I think uh, the thing you're right about uh, what you're saying on her side of the family. Like I told my sister one time, I was like, the thing about Mukmukit is that like, I like playing with them because every person on that field wants to win. <laughs> like, That's like, not a I lie. You, yeah. I hate when you play with the team and like only half the team cares about winning or like, you know, maybe a couple people care, but some people just don't care when you play with Mukmukit. Like if it's the Manuel girls, every single person on that field wants to win. But I think I love it too, because I told my sister, I was like, when we play with Mukmukit too, another thing about it is that we can play people who are way more athletic than us, but we're still going to win the game a lot of the time because we have a lot more heart and we're going to, we will not lose. <laughs> that is true. Like, it's just the spirit. Like I love, oh, but yeah, I think you definitely got that from them. <laughs> mm. Sorry, I got you off track. But what'd you learn from your dad? All right. So my dad, I saved him for last because my dad is the teacher of our family. Like he's the, yeah. he's the voice, you know, he's, uh, yeah. I know he does it. I, I don't know. To most people, they don't see him the way me and my brother see him. He's very smart. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad is smart. Yeah. And um, intelligent man. But every day, I'll never forget. You know, he always tells us this. Till today. He was just telling me this, like, two days ago. But um, there was, every day before we went to school, there was a bus stop. And he would walk me and my little brother to the bus stop every single day. Every single day. And before oh. we got into the bus, like, I'm telling you, he was telling me this when I was, like, fourth grade till I got into eighth grade yeah but he still tells me to not but he would walk us to the bus stop and he would tell us every day before we go be kind and be smart that's only two words Uh he told us like every single day he told us that and he would like lecture it and he would kind of like go into debt like you know why you need to be kind because this you know why you need to be smart because of this so Oh, I like that. Yeah, so every day my dad always told me and my brother to be kind and be smart you know he thought we weren't listening but I mean, if the reason why, like, I'm prospering in, you know, my business is because of those two words. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Mm. Oh, man. Um, What are you most proud of? Never giving up on myself. Like I was saying before, like, how I was so determined. I, the reason why I say I'm so proud of never giving up, because if I never gave up, I don't think I'd ever come this far. Um, What's something that you wish for for the Micronesian people? Man, to be bold there's more to it i mean man i i moved around a lot i used to live in portland Mm -hmm. oregon i used to live in omaha nebraska i used to live in corsicana texas i'm just naming all these people because i'm shouting everybody out whoever hears this yeah shout out to all my people in those states right but um i grew up with chukis kids palawan kids krishayan kids yapis kids ponepan kids tinglapis kids and Man, if there's one thing that I noticed about Micronesian people, we become timid and shy when opportunity approaches. Mm. And it's not about being fearful or nothing like that, but fearful does play a part. But being timid and shy is another thing that really destroys our people. Yeah. I think it's about being bold is a very important thing. Um, I interviewed Lexi, and that was her big thing. She said... um, Something I really want for Micronesian people is, like, don't be afraid. Like, don't don't ever fear. And she talks about how, like, she even has fa- family members who have been offered, like, management positions, 
but like they're like well no one else that i really know has ever done that so like i don't know if i'd feel comfortable doing it that's like a perfect example right there yeah you guys kind of have like the same sentiment but i like that you worded it in such different ways because i think different wording speaks to different people oh definitely there's sometimes when my friends are talking to me and i'm like huh i never heard it that way before but you know, right. like you, you've heard it, but it, it was never put that way. What's the most ridiculous way that you've ever been injured? I I tore my ACL in, in high school playing. I didn't know that. Yeah, that okay. Honestly, what that's happened? a great story to tell too. That's actually like <laughs> where like everything kind of started for me. Like I feel like. Yeah, what happened? I uh, we were playing. It was a kickoff return against Web City, and one of uh. We were on the, we were the, we were the returning team. So we were returning the ball and they kicked it off to us. And I was blocking for one of the guys and I didn't see that another guy beside me had pushed a lineman or pushed another teammate and his shoulder like went straight into my knee on the side oh of my, my knee. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if uh, this is too graphic for everybody watching, you know, listening to this, but. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what happened to me. So wait, did it? Okay, it might be too graphic, but like, when his shoulder hit your knee, did it did it hit the front of your knee? Like no, the like, side, the, the outside of side. it. Yeah, the side of it. So outside. So it was my it was my right leg that I tore my ACL. So did you know like immediately like something's wrong? Oh, that, oh yeah, hell yeah, I did. Oh man. <laughs> Some of my friends said they'll they'll never forget like my yell that day. Okay, and then what's the most interesting Micronesian superstition that you're familiar with? So I was thinking a lot about this one. That's like my favorite question. I was thinking a lot about this one because, man, we have a lot of demonic or dark ones. And I didn't want to mention any, like, dark ones. I I was trying to think of, like, good ones. (laughs) For real, like, I don't want our people to be just looked at like that. (laughs) Like, man. Like, it's all spirits and ghosts yeah like for real like people being possessed they're being followed by ghosts like man uh there is one i think this one is funny but if like a baby looks under their feet and they look at you or and look at you or anybody whoever they're looking at that means that they're they're about to have a baby so wait i've never heard this yeah so if a baby looks under their leg, under their feet, yeah, under their legs, so sit, you know how uh, Rena was talking, I think it was Rena, right? Who she was talking about if babies look under their uh, legs. You know what I'm talking about? When they kind of tilt over, they bend over and they look under their legs. Oh, so that means that you're going to have a baby? Yeah, whoever they look at. Yeah, if the, baby's, if the baby tilts over and looks at you from underneath their legs, that means you're going to have a baby. <laughs> You know, my dad used to say, this is not, I don't know, a superstition. It's just like a, I don't know. It might be a superstition, but he used to say that if like the things you make fun of people when you're growing, maybe he was just making this up and he was just trying to make us be good kids. But if you make fun of kids when you're growing up, whatever you're making fun of, your children will have that when they're born. So like, let's say there's a kid in your class who, um, I'm like making something up, but like has like a weird voice in your opinion. And you're like, Oh, his voice sounds strange. Then when you have kids, your kids will have like a strange voice. <laughs> or if they have like, if they wear glasses, and you're like, Oh, you're a four eyes. You're a four eyes. Your kids are going to need glasses. Or like my dad used to tell us that growing up. 
And then, like, if we would ever make comments about, like, something, like, someone's anything, like, a quality that was undesirable, my dad would be like, shut up. You know why they're like that? Because their parents used to make fun of a kid back home who was just like that when we were growing up. And so we we would be, like, afraid to, like, make fun of anyone. (laughs) No, you know, you're right. I feel like that's just a way of Islanders just telling us, like, karma's a bitch, you know? <laughs> I just feel like they—they right. they, basically the lesson. They want to hype it up, you know. They want to make it sound like, you know, they want to make it sound convincing. Right. Yeah, but they're oh, basically man. like karma's a bitch. All right, don't do it. But man, that's all the questions I have for you. I felt like mine was fast. The question I always ask at the end is like, is there anything that you'd love to tell people about, like shows to watch, books to read, podcasts, anything like that? I'm reading a book right now by um you should who's ever listening to this you should look up this he's a well i'm I'm just now learning about him but this i I received a book from another from one of my clients his name is ryan too nice yeah it was it was it was weird but he gave me a book it's by john c maxwell it's uh it's called 21 irrefutable laws of leadership and then anything you'd like to plug instagram facebook twitter anything so uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram. It's underscore Ryan period the period Barber underscore. And you guys can see all my content on there. Shout me out if you want to. Share, like, and follow. And then, you know, tell people about me. Yeah. But that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you for always being willing to do my crazy ideas. No, I'm... Man, I look up to you as one of those people who's, you know, who's paving oh. the way for us. So, oh, so I, I want to be able to, you know, walk beside you during your, you know, this, this, uh, this part of our life, you know, it's, I think it's oh. important. I, I, me, I, I really respect that, you know, an older Micronesian is taking their time out to, you know, care about the young, the next generation. Aw. Yeah. So. Thank you. Same goes the other way. If you ever need you know, anything and I can help, just shoot me a message or give me a call, okay? Will do. Thanks, Ryan. I'll talk to you later. All right, thank you.